Hey, Gal Pal Nation, are you ready for football? It's time for some two-a-days, where each NFL team is broken down by experts to get you ready for game day. Everything you need to know, and a few tips to impress the pickiest of football fans. Now, your host, the sports gal pal herself, Ramona Rice. All right, gals and pals, in my quest to get you ready for the NFL season, I have unleashed the army of superfans from Next Fan Up. And with me tonight is Tennessee Titans superfan Neil. Neil, welcome to Sports Gal Pal. Hi, Ramona. Good to be here. Yes. All right. I'm going to ask the obvious question because my American audience is going to want to know, how does a guy who obviously is from the United Kingdom not only becomes an American football fan, but specifically chooses the Tennessee Titans? <laughs> uh, well, I became an American football fan in the late 90s. Uh, uh, and at that time, obviously, um, Tennessee were, were moving from Houston to Tennessee and they became Tennessee Oilers. And I just thought it were a good opportunity to get on from beginning and then obviously in 99 they played in Super Bowl um so I thought everything were all rainbows and roses but obviously um that quite worked out as I thought it would yeah do you regret that decision at all uh no no um I think we've got a little uh group of us in this country a little Facebook group maybe 20 or 30 members and it's a nice little community and a lot of gallows humor but uh I won't change it no go and that's all that the titans could expect and again like i said off air um we if anybody knew the the amount of rescheduling and things between my children and your children and my job and your job and just again the sheer technical willpower of getting a man in england to talk to a girl in virginia about american football is just like many steps so the tennessee titans owe you a great deal of gratitude at least tickets or free jersey or something they do they owe you something neil yeah <laughs> All right, let's talk about you have a very, very fancy, bright, new, shiny toy in Marcus Mariota. Um, I, so far, have not been that impressed with him in the offseason. Um, what say you? Uh, I think, well, he's looked like a professional quarterback, which a lot, a lot of uh, his predecessors haven't, uh, put it that way. Um, I think Atlanta, uh, obviously, his first, first appearance, um, a bit of a rocky start. He did come back and have a decent series, fought through a bit of adversity, which is always a good sign. Uh, and I think uh, the Kansas City game, it, I'm not going to say it looked good because we absolutely took a shellac in at the end of the day, but um, it was mistake-free. And I liked a lot of the things he did under centre as well. Um, it shows that He's adapting as well as Ken Wisnunt's adapting as well, and that's I think that's a key thing in all this. I think Ken Wisnunt and Marcus Mariota have got to meet in the middle and marry up somewhere for this to be successful. And I think there has been a few signs of that, which is really, really encouraging. Do you think they're going to adapt the offense to be more like that kind of Chip, Chip Kelly style where it's, um, you know, that option read um, to fit Mariota, or do you think they're going to try to mold Mariota into more of a traditional pro style? Um, quarterback experience? I think the latter. I think they're going to try and um, mould Mariota into a more pro-style quarterback. I think it would be really, really stupid to take away his running ability because from what I've seen of him, uh, I think he's an intelligent runner as well. He's not like a, a Robert Griffin where he's going to throw his body 
uh, in front of everything or or Colin Kaepernick where he sort of carries the ball quite loose and is a, a little bit erratic. I think he's, he's quite an intelligent runner as well. So I would hope that they do trust him to do little bits and bats of option stuff. But I actually do think he's, he's got the, the intangibles to be a, a pocket passer. He's not, he ain't got like a cannon arm by any stretch of imagination. But I think his athletic ability... Um, and his intelligence, I think it's something that it can achieve. To what level, I don't know, but I just think there's got to be some kind of some kind of compromise from the coach or the quarterback. And I think a lot of Tennessee, Tennessee success will hinge on how those two marry up and who bends and who breaks. Let's talk about other offensive weapons. Is there anybody on the field besides Mariota that we should pay attention to? Um, I'm interested to see Daniel Green Beckham just because his athletic measurables, like a guy that big should, should not run that fast. Um, and I know he's had a lot of off-field problems, which hopefully are behind him now. But I'd just like to see how Mariota adapts to having such a big target as well. I think he's got we've got a lot of big receivers with Justin Hunter on one side and Green Beckham, Akeem Nix. Um, also, I just think it's a big year for Bishop Sankey too because... Last season, I think I think Kemmer's numbers were probably a bit overly critical, pulling him on his footwork and things like that. I think they just need to take shackles off him and, and let's get him involved in passing game and really let's see if he can be uh, a game-breaker because as far as I'm aware, I'm, I'm not seeing it at the minute. Um, but I think it's a big season for him. I think he's got to step up in that respect. What about the other side of the ball? After all, you guys will be facing the Colts twice this year. Obviously, they are loaded with offense. And then also, you know, on the other side, your offense has to face that, tex- that Texas defense twice a year. Um, you know, it's not exactly an easy road for you guys. No. Um, uh, as far as, as, as defense goes, I think a lot hinges on uh, Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo because there's no depth behind the two outside linebackers. I think either of those goes in goes down injured, we're going to struggle to get any pass rush. Uh, I think we're, we're sort of serviceable or workman-like through middle, and Jarrell Case is one of, one of the best players in his position in NFL who nobody really knows about, but he can't do it on his own. I just think the key to Tennessee's defense is obviously Morgan and Arakpo staying healthy. I think we're, we're really, really short on corner depth but I think if Perish Cox and uh, and McCarty can stay healthy, I think we've got a good one too. Um, I think it's one of them things where I think a lot of uh, I'm hoping a lot of us sort of underachievers or more average players can be coached up by Dick LeBoy into a serviceable unit. If you get what I mean. I do, I do. I just wonder again though, is this going to be another year where? You know, obviously you have a really – I like Mariota. Um, I'm an Eagles fan, so I kind of wanted him to be on my team. I'm pretty sure Chip Kelly wanted that too. That didn't happen. Um, yeah. You know, I like him. He looks really good. I, I actually got to see him live um, in person when he played for college. He came um, to play at my university, and the kid is – it's just fast. It's just its just incredible what he can do. But I just – other than Bishop Sankey, I just don't know if you guys have any really key – people that he can get that ball to. And I said this on Next Fan Up on Sunday, is that my concern is is that kind of like you said, the Robert Griffin thing, where he is going to have to use his legs, and he probably does have a better intelligent mind football-wise than um, RG3, and I think he is in a better coaching situation. But I, I just I would be very concerned that he's going to wind up injured. 
Yeah, and obviously with with any kind of option quarterback, that that is always a concern. I would say um, that it really is about time. I've said this on on next fan up myself. I think it's, it really is about time that Tennessee's expensively assembled offensive line came to play because there's a lot of cap room uh, on the interior with Andy Levitri, uh and there's a lot of high draft capital with Chance Warmack and uh, and Taylor Lewan. I think it really is now about time they came to play because last two years it's been horrendous. I mean, Mike Munchak tried to build a, a run-first team um, with with a formidable line and it never quite came off. But for, Mar- for Marcus to be anything like successful, I think those guys have really got to play, which obviously goes back to what you were saying about Texans' defence. It's not really a, an easy road for those guys either. No, it's not. And let's talk about, um, it's funny, so this is in the towards the tail end of my next fan experience. You're one of my last guys to get on. The very first guy that came on was the Jacksonville Jaguars superfan Ryan. He does not like your team. He likes you. He, said, he was very clear about that. He likes you. He, he does not like your team. And it was like very like, I was so unexpected. I was like, my God, he really does dislike you. Do you feel the same about his team? Uh, well, I actually think that um, Chad Henney will start games this year for Jacksonville. Um, I think I think Blake Bottles is absolutely terrible. Um, I watched portions of the Giants preseason game, which I know you can't really read a lot into preseason, but his accuracy, you were overthrowing people, throwing them into trouble. His accuracy were, were absolutely horrendous. It, it just, his mechanics and things like that. They just don't look to have even moved on an inch from his rookie season. Uh, I think the, the offensive coordinator that they fired sort of took the fall for um, Bortles' poor play. Uh, and for me, um, obviously I'm biased. I'm not really a lover of the, the Jaguars, but um, that quarterback situation is, is as bad as anybody's in the league, if I'm honest. Really? It's as bad as the whole Washington, D.C., RG3? Jay Gruden um, fiasco, really? It's as bad as that? <laughs> Probably not, no. Uh, I don't think Cousins can play. Um, I don't think Bortles can play. Um, uh, I think they've drafted a bust, but time will tell, I suppose. Well, it's only fair they get one. You guys had one in Vince Young. Yeah, I went there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's yeah. look at the rest of your schedule. Let's look at the rest of the schedule. I am looking at you. You have to face, of course, the AFC East with the Bills, the Jets, the Patriots. Well, they don't really have a defense right now. Even Patrick would agree with me. Um, and then I'm also looking at, you know, again, um, the Raiders, which have a couple of key defensive players that are really good. And then also the Buccaneers. And I wouldn't discount Buccaneers too much. I know they've looked kind of shaky. Um, and then you're also facing the Falcons, um, and you know some of these look like you guys really could pull up the wins, and others I'm just kind of going, hmm. Um, oh yeah, and the Dolphins with that Sue guy. <laughs> so are yeah. any of these games like ones that you think that you guys could compete at a high quality, or is this a year where let's get Marcus comfortable with this offense, let's get the offense comfortable with Marcus? Let's use the draft really well. Let's use our cap room and build a team around this. Yeah, I think that's obviously best case scenario. I would like, I would sort of uh, think back to Vince Young's rookie year where he sat for a little and then uh, we went on a bit of an eight game run where he sort of lit the league up. And I, I, don't know if it, I think he ended up being on Madden cover um, after his first seven or eight starts. I would like sort of 
a mirror of that where we're in some exciting games and, and Mariota shows that he can play. Um, I just want to come out of this season knowing that he is the guy. I don't want there to be any grey areas. Any odds that Mettenberger played well. Uh, that time Marcus were injured and there's going to be a camp battle. I want to, I want to come out of the 2015 season knowing that Marcus Mariota's a franchise quarterback. Um, I don't know how many wins that'll take, but I think if you when you know, you know. I think it, I suppose it, it, it <coughs> it'll either play well um, and have us in cl- close contested games or the whole thing with Wizard Hunt, um, he'll be set in his ways uh, and he'll get hung out to dry. It's just one of those things. I just think drafting him was the right thing to do. All right. Well, there you have it. Neil, if um, the members of Galpal Nation want to talk Tennessee Titans with you, where do they go? Uh, Twitter, uh, my handle's at Neil Donahoe. That's N-E-I-L-D-O-N-O-H-O-E. Uh, and any Titans fans listening, uh, we have a, a little group on Facebook, facebook.com slash Titans UK. Yes, so you can talk to British Titans UK um, fans because they really do exist. Um, as yeah, uh, Next Man has three different uh, teams <laughs> in various states. Um, you know, I I think it's fun that the two Brits, um, you and um, Daniel, will be facing off week one with two very high-profile rookie quarterbacks um, to see, you know, who made the right choice. Did Tampa Bay really make the right choice in James Winston? Or And I, I'm going to ask you that question. Do you wish, looking back at the draft, that you could have gotten Winston? Yeah, uh, I love Jameis Winston. I loved him all the way through the draft process. Um, I had many heated exchanges on, on social media regarding his character issues and things like that. Um, don't get me wrong, since since Marcus has been in Tennessee, uh, he's really he's charmed, charmed the pants off everybody, as we'd say in this country. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm all in now, but at the time, I would have... I would have stuck my neck out and said Winston's a better quarterback. It's going to be really interesting to watch. And again, this is Neil from Next Fan Up. You can listen to him and all the super fans on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Next Fan Up or follow them on Twitter at nfupodcast.com. All the links to Neil and Next Fan Up will be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sportsgalpal or on sportsgalpal.com where I have a page of all the super fan um, preview interviews. So, and then I will be releasing my best of the Superfans episode where we'll be answering questions like, again, what is this Fort Gazi some of the boys have been mentioning? Um, we will finally see some of the outtakes that didn't get onto their previews. Um, you know, Neil, the, these guys you've kind of associated with, they are a lot of fun, um, but they are boys, and they're crazy. <laughs> yeah. When we did the... Uh, uh, AFC South preview. Um, I think it's Jags fan or Colts fan uh, in Vegas, and it was like 5 a.m. when I was talking to him. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, 5 a.m. to get up and talk about Jacksonville. Yeah, that's insane. Was no, were you up at 5 a.m. or was he up at 5 a.m.? He, he was. It was afternoon for me. Um, nice, comfortable time, but I didn't. I did not. Re- I didn't realize it was 5 a.m. Um, when we were talking, so respect for that. Well, you know, to be fair to Ryan, he is very young. Unlike I think you and I are the same age because we have children. Um, he is very young and in a, in a band. Um, I don't know if you know this or not. He's in a band, so he probably hadn't even gone to bed yet. Yeah, I do actually. You know, 
Because, you know, again, remember when we were once young, you could stay up all night like that and be perfectly a functional person somewhat the next day? Yeah. yeah enjoy yeah. that, children. Those who can yeah, still enjoy that. Because that, <laughs> that goes away very quickly. And then all of a sudden, when eight, uh, half past eight, as Neil would say, um, comes around, you just want to be tucked in bed. Anyway. All right, yeah. Neil. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on to the podcast. No problem at all. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.